0: Welcome to Dollars and Cents, with a couple of gents. Making money moves with the finest of gents. Come and pull up a seat, because we're proud to present how to make some good decisions when you're on the fence. Rob and Steve are going to tell you how to do it the best. Welcome to Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents. I am one of the gents, Stephen Ellis.
1: I am the other gent, Robert Wolfson.
0: And today, uh, pretty special event, Rob. We've got the first of our local business series.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to help promote local entrepreneurs in our area and super excited for today's guest.
0: Yeah, and really talk about business and some of the challenges and and some of the things that local business owners have been through to to get to where they are and to have the success and the successful business that they have today.
1: And not only today, but obviously the past year and a half has been really challenging for lots of lo- local entrepreneurs, so really interested to hear number one how he got started and how he's survived and thrived in the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, go figure we're going to we're going to mix in a little COVID into this podcast. Have to. Yeah, it seems, uh, it seems inevitable, but hopefully one day we can, we can put this all behind us, but we're into fourth wave now, so I guess we'll keep talking about it. So Rob, maybe tell us who we have here with us today.
1: Uh, super excited to have Alex Horner here, the owner and operator of Banded Peak Brewery. Welcome, Alex.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: And real excited to have you, and as much as we want to talk about beer and the product, we also want to talk to you about the business aspect of it and how you got to start. So why don't we start there? Tell us a bit about yourself and how you got started in this business.
2: That's a bit of a story, and it goes back a ways, but I grew up here in Calgary, uh, went away for school for a number of years, and moved back, uh, I guess it would have been in 2011 university and kind of ready to go in my career. Uh, it was at that time I moved in with a friend in Kensington and we started making beer in our backyard. It was a super fun hobby. We thought we were, you know, going to save a bit of money by making beer and it spiraled out of control to the point where we were buying more equipment and we eventually set up a little brewery in our garage and that's where kind of the passion for craft and for beer really took off.
0: So it sounds like the business started uh, from a place of just being passionate about something. Uh, well, I'm trying to save some money, I guess, at the root of it. But in terms of owning your own business, was that something prior to that you thought about or did it just evolve out of that situation for you?
2: It evolved out of that situation. When we started making beer and wanted to turn it into a business, it was never about being an entrepreneur or wanting to run our own business, it was about we wanted to make beer, and we wanted to make sure we made it our way.
1: So thinking about the evolution of craft beer over the last number of years, it's really evolved. Like I I can remember six, seven years ago, it's just your traditionals, your Budweiser's, your Coors, like your big label beers, but really you go to any liquor store, there's a huge variety of craft beer. So going back when you first started, where were we in the kind of the craft beer life cycle when you started to think about Bandit Peak?
2: I guess we were quite a bit less mature than surrounding markets. When we started making beer in our backyard and in our garage, this would have been about 2012, Alberta had a scene that was growing, but when you compared it to BC or even Washington State, Oregon, or Colorado, it was, uh, you know, we had a lot less breweries. Most of the really good craft products that we had were all imports from those places. And so we did see a good market for a lot of local growth in the industry.
0: So with that, you're you're making beer and you're you're seeing that dynamic happening. At what point did you make that shift and say, "Hey, we can we can turn this into a real legitimate business"?
2: I kind of got prodded into making that shift. Um, I was working downtown Calgary in oil and gas as a seismic processor, and then in the fall of 2014. Kind of after the price of oil took a big hit, I was actually laid off and suddenly found, found myself with quite a bit of time. And so what I did with that time is I went traveling. I, I went to places where there was already a huge explosion of craft beer. And I did a lot of research. And at the same time, I worked on a business plan together with my two friends and business partners. And when I got back from traveling, we, we took that to ATV you know, without having a background in business, thinking that it was the kind of thing that would take two or three tries, but they surprised us and pre-approved us for a loan, so we were off to the races.
0: So that actually cues up another question for me, because you're making beer, you're working in a different industry, and now all of a sudden you're shifting into starting a business. Did you feel, though, that, and perhaps the partners that you brought in at that time had a different aptitude... But did you feel you were prepared from a business sense to move forward?
2: Yes and no. I think we were quite young and naive and, you know, thought we knew what we were doing. And then as we got into the industry and the more we learned, of course, the more you kind of learn, you don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were at a time in our lives where it was okay to take a big risk and we got a loan from ATB through the Canada Small Business Financing Program. And so we felt we were doing it in a way where even if it didn't work, we were gonna be okay. We were young, we could land on our feet, we could find something else to do. So it was just the right time in our lives.
0: And learn as you go, I guess, and make mistakes along the way as, as I'm sure you would agree all all businesses do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Making mistakes is the best way to learn.
0: Exactly. So
1: Alex, you mentioned that when you first got into the business back in 2014, uh, you toured around to other places because at that time, the Calgary craft market wasn't really that large. But you go today, and there's tons of different craft breweries. It seems like every time you go to the liquor store, there's a, a new craft beer that's on the shelves. So where do you see the market today for the Calgary craft brewery? Because it seems like there's a lot of companies out there. Do you see some consolidation, maybe some mergers? Um, do you you think it's oversaturated? Just wouldn't mind your opinion on kind of the state of the Calgary craft market, because it seems like it's very vibrant right now.
2: Yeah, I guess for a little context, when we opened, we were the 10th brewery in the city, and this was in 2016, and there's now over 40, Um, so it has exploded kind of over the last four to five years, but I don't know where that level is or what it means. As far as being a saturated market goes, I think that There's still a lot of room for growth, especially in craft, and I think we're going to continue to see that. I think what has happened is the market and the consumer has matured to a point where when we opened, all you really had to do was say, hey, we're a new brewery, and it was a way to capture new customers and get sales at bars and restaurants just because everybody was hungry for something new. And we're now way beyond that point where it takes a lot more than just being a new brewery, where <clears throat> you know, you have to really be passionate about what you're doing in it for the right reasons and doing it well. Um, but there's, there's still lots of room for new breweries to open up in the city.
1: And of course, you have to have good product.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: So where did the name Bandit Peak come from and how did you decide on that as the name for your brewery?
2: So one of the reasons why we love living in Calgary and want to stay here is our proximity to the mountains um, throughout the winter and summer. On a weekend or after work, where you're going to find us is hiking, mountain biking, skiing, fishing, you know, just anything to do with mountain adventure. And so we wanted to tie ourselves to that local adventure that we have available here. And so Bandit Peak is one of the few mountains that i can name from the calgary skyline it has a very distinct steep rock band on it so when it snows it has this perfect band and you know you can be anywhere where you can see the mountains you can probably point out banded peak and we thought that was a really cool symbol for the kind of brewery we wanted to build
0: so just to continue with the the name theme your your beers do have very creative names maybe you can talk about a couple of them and uh, maybe speak to the significance of the names of the individual beers as well.
2: Yeah, for us it, it's a lot of fun. It's can be a challenging part, um, but it's also one of the most fun things to do is just, you know, we generally get together as a team. We have a brainstorming session where we'll, we'll drink a beer and we'll have a big list of on the board and we'll all write names and we'll narrow them down but uh, you know we want to tie our beers to the kind of things that we like to do in the mountains and the places that we like to visit.
0: Do you think about the names from a marketing perspective hitting a certain demographic perhaps is that something you guys consider as well or do you find it you're the market yourself so what you like the consumer is likely going to like as well?
2: As, As we've matured we're certainly starting to ask ourselves more questions such as you know this specific name who does it apply to what market are we trying to reach but certainly for the first few years it was more the latter where you know we we figured if it was something we liked and something we were passionate about our customers would probably respond as well
1: so i noticed that you have some i guess what you would call featured beers which i assume are ones you have all the time and there's also seasonal beers which come out throughout as the name implies, throughout different parts of the year and different seasons. So maybe, Alex, tell us about your feature beers and then in the different types of seasonal beers that you have as well.
2: Sure. I, I guess I'd start with Mount Crushmore. Uh, it is one of our favorite beers. It started out as a seasonal, and it was something that we loved and our customers loved. So we actually introduced it into our core lineup, and it is now our best-selling beer by a pretty significant margin. And... Uh, you know, it's a light lager, it's 4.4%, uh, very crushable. Crispy is a word the industry loves to use, Is in it's like cold, it's effervescent, it's, you know, it's easy to drink, but it's still interesting and aromatic in its own right. And we wanted to tie this kind of fun beer into a fun name, and that's where we came up with Mount Crushmore. One of our first beers we introduced uh, when we opened our doors in 2016 was the Plainsbreaker Hopped Weed Ale which is kind of a take on two different popular styles, one being a wheat beer and one being a pale ale. Being from Alberta, we grew up drinking grasshopper. Obviously, we have such an important tie to the agriculture industry here, and we wanted to use wheat as one of our ingredients. It's high in protein. It gives a lot of body and flavor to beer. Uh, but we didn't want to do it in the traditional way where you take a German style lager yeast and end up with something that tastes quite banana or clove forward. So what we did is we took that wheat ale, fermented it with a clean ale yeast, and then we do something called dry hopping, which is where we add the hops quite late in the process and you don't get any bitterness. All you get is big aroma. And we use these new world hops called Citra and Amarillo that are incredibly fruit forward. and so you get this very easy drinking pale ale, but at the same time, it has this big, big aroma to it, and so it, it balances this line of interesting and approachable that we really try to push in our beers, where it's something you're gonna reach for one or two more of, but it's at the same time, it's something that you're gonna enjoy drinking and talking about.
0: So it sounds like you've come a long way from the backyard brewing, but I'm wondering how much of what goes into the beers now how much has that changed since what you were doing initially in in your backyard
2: I mean the equipment is probably the biggest change when we made beer in our backyard we were you know operating with big pots and pans and you know a, a pump here and there but it was nothing fancy whereas now that we have our own brewery you know we have these big conical stainless steel fermenters we have different ways of dry hopping our beer. We can have a steam boiler, so we have all kinds of all kinds of things we can do, and I think that's definitely the biggest change there.
0: What about the recipe? How much has that changed? How much has the way beer is brewed changed since you started in general?
2: Uh, there, there's been subtle changes. I guess beer hasn't really changed in a long time, as in it's not a very complicated process where you know we, we do what's called mash, so we take our grain we crack it open, we mix it with hot water, that activates some enzymes that is gonna turn starch into sugar. Once you have sugar, you add yeast, it ferments out and you get your alcohol. And you know that process hasn't changed much for hundreds of years. It's just, we've got access to all kinds of new ingredients and slight tweaks in our process where we can really push the envelope and make beer more flavorful than it used to be.
1: That sounds like a really interesting process, Alex.
2: Yeah, it is, and it's a lot of fun. It's something we're very passionate about, and one of the best parts about being a small local producer is, you know, our our tap room is only about 10 minutes southeast of downtown Calgary, and we love to have people through, show them the kind of equipment that we use, the ingredients that go into our beers.
1: That's interesting. Is there any restrictions with COVID? Are you still able to do tours? Can people come now to see it?
2: Right now, uh, we're fully open. Uh, you can come in for pints. We don't book any formal tours, but you're always welcome to ask uh, our, whoever's working the taproom. We we'll always, almost always have a brewer on hand and can set something up.
0: So just to take a, a bit of a step back to the business side of things, you know for for entrepreneurs out there that are looking at, at starting a business uh, really from a grassroots perspective which is which is where you started, I think what comes through to me is that you really had a passion for it and and that that's something that's really important in terms of starting a business and and pushing it forward and being successful. Is there anything else that that you would suggest to, to entrepreneurs out there that are looking at doing the same thing that help drive your success?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you absolutely have to have a lot of passion for whatever it is you do because you're going to live and breathe it. And I think to be successful as an entrepreneur, it's going to take, you know, whatever you have, and it's also going to take the support of your family and friends. So we're really lucky in the fact that we were passionate about beer and started a brewery because it is something that's pretty easy to get other people excited about, and when you do need help, you know, you can bribe them with that case of beer.
0: Now, you also have two partners. Would you would you say they share that same passion? And for someone who's looking at, hey, do I want to run this business myself, as opposed to bringing people in, how was that decision made, and, and how has that worked for you going forward?
2: That's another area where we got incredibly lucky. Um, as in we were all very interested in different aspects of the business. And so when we got started, you know, I come from a technical background. I absolutely love diving into the the science, the art and the process of beer making. And so for me, it was obvious, you know, I was going to be the brewer. And another one of my partners, you know, he he worked in banking for a little bit. He's been parts of other small businesses, and for him, it was always the finance and the sales. And then our third partner, it was marketing. And so for us, we've we've had clearly defined roles. And I'm not saying there hasn't been conflict because there has, but for us, it, it it was quite easy. You know, like I take care of what I love to do, and then my business partners take care of the stuff that I know that I probably couldn't do well because I I just don't like it.
1: So Alex, a question I have for you is lots of small businesses, when they start to grow, you try to find other partners to collaborate on within the community. And I did notice, looking at your seasonal beers, that there's uh, one with the Flames and one with the Calgary Stampede. Can you tell us how those came about?
2: Yeah, uh, I can. And to answer that question, we probably have to take a few steps back uh, because those are a result of us partnering with. Labatt Breweries of Canada in March of 2020. And that, that partnership has opened a, an incredible amount of doors for us. Being these two seasonal releases that we got to do, the first one ride right on with the Calgary Stampede is uh, it's a dry hopped Western Lager, and it's you know it was incredibly exciting for us to have this available at the grandstand and to sit down with the Stampede and ask them, hey, like what what kind of beer do you want to make together? What kind of ingredients should we use, and how can we best showcase this partnership together? And the second one, the Fired Up Hazy Blondale, we first did at the start of last season. Obviously, with COVID in the way, it was only a retail release that we did in cans, but we're incredibly excited for the upcoming season with the Saddle Dome open. You know, it's going to be on tap all over the the Saddle Dome, and similar to ride on that we did with uh, the Calgary Stampede, we got to, to sit down with the Flames organization and you know be like, hey, what kind of beer should we make? And uh, it was a very very exciting partnership and collaboration. Well, first of all, Alex, thanks for helping me reach my COVID quota
1: because you said COVID, so that takes one off of my
2: checklist.
0: But I, I do maybe there, yeah. That's but hard. I do I do
1: have one more COVID related question. So. As I started initially at the start of the podcast talking about how lots of small businesses have had a hard time surviving and, and actually thriving throughout COVID, can you tell me about another way that's helped you do that? Because I did not notice that you deliver, is that correct?
2: Yeah, uh, home delivery was something brand new to us and introduced at the start of COVID. And it, uh, I guess, in a way saved us. We With the ori- original shutdowns, we almost made the decision to stop making beer and then we had our first week of home deliveries and it might have been our biggest week in the brewery where we were running to every corner of the city trying to drop off beer because there was such a big response from people you know trying to support us and just trying to get beer to help them get through that lockdown
1: will you maintain home delivery now that things are starting to slowly open up again
2: we will uh we you know it's you never know what's around the corner as we enter the, the fourth wave. And uh, so home delivery is here
0: to stay for us. The fourth wave of what are you referring to? <laughs> COVID. <laughs> there it is. I think that's... Yeah, it. We're it's done. It. Yeah. We're tapped out. No more COVID. No more. Okay. So back to just a business question. Rob keeps talking about the product. I keep coming back to the business side. It's, a, it's some good give and take here, I guess. So let's sort of put a bow on this and maybe talk about what you're greatest business accomplishment is? What's sort of your your favorite trophy on the shelf, so to speak? And then potentially, what's that, that next goal? What does that next trophy look like for you?
2: I, I guess it would be our partnership with Labatt, Uh, would be kind of our biggest accomplishment and our biggest trophy. It It was never on the radar for us when we started this business right up until basically the day that we were approached. We didn't think it was a possibility. You know, you certainly hear of breweries being bought by bigger breweries, but we were so small that we never considered it a possibility. And it was at kind of a pivotal time for us as a business where the banks weren't giving us any more money. We were kind of leveraged out, but we wanted to keep growing. We saw the market in Alberta exploding and we wanted to find a way to capture that. And we were able to navigate this partnership with Labatt and, you know, secure our business as something that's a part of the Alberta brewing landscape and something that's not going to go away. And... Now I think our biggest challenge is going to be kind of having that continued success as part of a big brewery. You know we want to see our business grow and we want to do some really fun things with beer. but in the craft world, some people don't see us the same way they saw us before and we we want to prove that you know it's still us steering the ship. It's still us making the same decisions that we would before where we're going to use local ingredients, we're going to work with local suppliers, and we're going to make beer for our community.
1: That's a great answer, Alex. Um, one thing you talked about is supporting local. Uh, I'm an active Rotarian, so I truly believe in giving back to your community and helping out where you can. And I know it's also that Bandon Peak has a similar philosophy. Can you talk to us about the community events that you support?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, beer is this has this wonderful power to kind of bring people together and it's used to celebrate and so in the same way it's a, a great tool for getting involved in the community. Um, some of our most recent partnerships that we had a lot of fun with this past summer uh, was we partnered with Rocky Mountain Adaptive um, which is an outfit out of Camor, Alberta that uh, helps individuals with disabilities get into the backcountry, whether it's hiking or skiing, and we were able to purchase for them a a bowhead adaptive mountain bike, which is designed for people who don't have the use of their legs. And it's this incredible bike that is changing the landscape for them where Trails that they could never dream of going down, you can now rip down on this bike. And not not only can you go places you couldn't go before, but you're often a lot faster than uh, those who are able bodied in their bikes.
0: That's a really great initiative. And I think one thing I would say, and you mentioned this a few times, is talked about the community and talked about Calgary. And I think that's really at the root of. This podcast and bringing local businesses on is, is that support of the community. I think you guys are, are obviously uh, uh, taking a, a great deal of care to, to do that in, in, the, in the city and surrounding areas.
1: So another question I have for you Alex, I'm really curious how this came about and how it started. When you go to your website, Cooking at Home, so tell us where those recipes came from and how you decided to uh, put recipes and cooking recipes with your beer.
2: Well, I mean, beer and food go together, you know, it, generally when you're eating, you're drinking. And um, during the pandemic, or you know, we were trying to think of ways where we could, uh, you know, drive some traffic to our website, maybe help out with home deliveries a little bit. But at the same time, we, we wanted to provide a bit of an education piece on the flavors that go into our beers and what they pair with what they pair well with. And so we introduced the, the cooking at home section. It's definitely something that's unique that I don't
0: think you find elsewhere. Kudos to the marketing guy, I guess, which we know isn't you. So who could we give kudos to for that one?
2: That'd be Colin McLean.
0: All right. And, and maybe finish off with your last partner's name. We'll, we'll get their name out there as well. Matt Berard. All right. <laughs> uh, so, so we'll leave it there. Uh, as always, uh, if you have any other questions for us or for Alex, you can certainly reach out to us and let us know. Yeah, so Alex, thanks for
1: coming in. Really appreciate it. It was super interesting to hear your story and how it all came about and wish you continued success from where you're at today. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So with that, as always, I am Stephen Ellis. And I am Robert Wolfson. And we are a couple of gents. And we'll talk to you again soon.